We're here at the women's 500-meter freestyle NCAA championship swim meet. University of Pennsylvania student Leah Thomas, formerly from the men's swim team before identifying as a woman, enjoying a comfortable lead. Final lap for Leah with the other ladies working hard to catch up, but that seems unlikely at this point. Some complain Leah may have benefited from the advantages of being born a biological male, such as with musculature, height, bone structure, and testosterone, but those people need to trust the science. She's a woman now. Little burst of energy as she closes in at the end there. And Leah Thomas, first place. Holy cow, look at that. She shattered the women's 500-meter freestyle record. Congratulations, Leah. Kerrigan and Miller battling for second place, but still quite a ways to go for them. Leah is up and out of the pool, jumping for joy. Oh, my goodness. She just shattered the women's standing jump record, and she wasn't even trying to. What a day for Leah and for femininity. She's running to the other end of the pool to shout encouragement at her fellow female athletes. Holy moly, just like that, the women's 100-meter sprint record was just absolutely destroyed by Leah Thomas. What an amazingly gifted female. Good for she, her. Looks like Kerrigan has moved comfortably into the number two spot. She's crying and closing in on second place. Still a long way to go until the rest of the women finish. Plenty of time for Leah Thomas to make an omelet or build a birdhouse before the race officially ends. But until then, questionable material with Jack and Brian. Oh my God, look at that. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com Sadvertising. Um, hi, I, I was... Uh, I saw your ad and I, I wanted to know if you do advertising. Well, we do advertising. It is a different type of advertising. It is, uh-huh. um, it is, uh, we think outside the box here at our advertising agency, it's advertising, it sells products, but it does so in a way that kind of, uh, brings out the, the sadness and, and melancholy of everyday life. Oh, um, that's funny because I've I mean, I've worked with a, a number of different uh, agencies, mid range uh, agencies, but you know still a couple on Madison Avenue, and um and, and generally they sort of steer you in the positivity and happiness direction. Yep, that's what they do on Madison Avenue, if that's what you want to call it. I mean that's that's the street where they are. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, we um we don't do that. <laughs> uh, okay. No, I I got that. Maybe I was uh, trying to sort of figure out why because I've I've got a, I've got about a million dollar uh, budget here to work with for my um uh, for my business and and mm. I wanted to sort of figure out what it is um what makes you different why advertising works more than what the guys on Madison Avenue do because these Madison Avenue people if you want to call them that uh, they yeah. um they come up with these ads so, so get a perfect example some pharmaceutical product. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, you know, let, let's say it's for erectile dysfunction. Yep. And you'll just see this older couple frolicking on the beach and then different shots of them just frolicking, mm-hmm. happy, frolicking, frolicking, looking at one another and kind of giving a little knowing wink. Yep. You know what they mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know they, they're, yes, they're going to go have relations. And it's so boring and it's so dull that I stood up and I threw a can of Pepsi at the TV. <laughs> Okay, what uh, what happened to the TV? Well, I'll tell you something. I'm used to the old school TVs that were 600 pounds and about 20 feet deep. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. They're very heavy and very resilient. That's right. And when I used to throw cans of Pepsi at them, the cans of Pepsi would just kind of bounce back and spray all over the carpet. Sure. But the new TVs are weak. Mm -hmm. They're made in China. And they okay. smash and they shatter and they, they get lines all over them. I've gone through so many TVs and so much Pepsi. <laughs> I, maybe you, maybe this is more uh, about you instead of China or uh, the, the manufacturer of television. This, you have anger management issues. You know, some people have said that, but what I say to them is, well, then why don't you buy a sadvertisement? Okay. Uh, okay. You, you bring up a good point. Okay. So, all right. So, okay. I, I understand how they do advertising for, yeah. um, for erectile dysfunction. So how sure. would, if you got that account, so I understand how angry you got seeing the couple frolicking and being happy before they go to make love. How would you uh, uh, d uh, handle that? Well, uh, for example, I don't start off with a couple. Okay. Okay. I start off with a man staring out the window. Mm, okay. And it's clear from a camera pan that he lives alone. Okay. And he looks down and he looks forlorn and he looks out the window. Mm -hmm. And he sees a beautiful woman crossing the street. Right. And that is when I have a marionette <laughs> come down from the ceiling. And the marionette says, you can never have her, Mr. <laughs> dysfunction, old man. You can never have her. Look at her so pretty walking down the sidewalk. You could never have her. And then the marionette goes back up into the ceiling and he kind of tears up and he looks down again. And then he goes into his bathroom. Yep. And he opens up the cabinet. Yep. And he removes a pill. Okay. From a container. Okay. It's a blue pill. Mm -hmm. And he goes to the window and he pops that pill and then he collapses <laughs> because that's the wrong pill. That pill was given to his grandfather when he was in the OSS in World War II. It was in case he was captured by the Germans. Okay. It was cyanide. <laughs> you know, I got, I got that it was cyanide. <laughs> so <laughs> and then, okay, so then what would the message be for that erectile dysfunction company? It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's the tagline. It just doesn't matter. Because that man, I, if he had taken the right blue pill, he would have had a four-hour erection. And what can he do with it? Look out the window? Shame on you. <laughs> I hope you're not referring to me. No, I'm just saying rhetorically. Okay. Um, okay. Um, even though this isn't my, I, I don't feel like you're necessarily right for us. How, how would you use sadvertising? Like your maximum sadvertising powers on, on something that we've seen a, a hundred million commercials for over time. Let's say a tide, the, the, the laundry what? detergent. So, you know, you see this kid mm -hmm. and he's got the TikTok app. <laughs> and he just wants to impress his friends. Yep. And so he walks in to the laundry room of the house because all houses have laundry rooms. Okay. You're so angry. And he sees a box of Tide. Mm -hmm. Pods. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he takes one. Mm -hmm. And he pops that little thing in his mouth. <laughs> 
and he falls down dead. <laughs> Just like that old man with the blue pill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's definitely a theme. There's a blue pod. It's very similar. It's a big, fat, so, juicy pill. And the mom walks into the laundry room that everyone has. Okay. And she sees her dead son. And she bursts into tears. And then she has an idea. She puts her son in with the laundry. <laughs> puts it on gentle cycle to be nice. But that tide does a wonderful job of getting the stains out. And the tears out. And everyone lives happily ever after, except for her son. So the so he goes to the gentle side. This doesn't revive him or bring him back to life, because why would it? Yeah, the Tide Pod killed him. <laughs> yeah. So, but I was thinking maybe the gentle cycle, where he maybe would somehow magically bring him back to life. But no, no, it's advertising. <laughs> Hey, Brian, I, I know, you know, we've talked a lot on the podcast. Uh, excuse, excuse me. You, you, you say, hey, Brian, and you launch into your spiel. How about you let me respond? Or don't even say, hey, Brian. I, I'm sorry, oh. I'm angry. It's Christmas. Yes. It's holiday season. <laughs> I, no, I know Christmas always always makes you angry. Okay, I, all right. I'll, I'll start again. I mean, we could just edit it out, but we'll, we'll keep it. No, no, okay, I want no. people to see the real me. <laughs> I want people to see the real you too. That's we're in agreement. Okay. Hey, Brian. Hi, Jack. How are you? I'm I'm good. Thanks for asking. Oh, whatever. So I okay, want to keep talking. About- you're just going to stop. I, I thought, I don't know. It seems like you had there was something burning in your chest that you had to get out. No, I don't. I don't. I, I want to continue. You, I, you just, everything came to a screeching halt. I just, it's Christmas, Jack. Aha. <laughs> Happy holidays. Yeah, thank you. And you have Merry Christmas. I celebrate Christmas. You can say Merry Christmas to me. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. Thank and you. Happy- Why do the holidays make you so angry? There's so much shopping. Okay. I got to get a snowflake necklace. Okay. A snowflake. Is that a, some sort of diamond encrusted uh, uh, no, it's thing a, from Zales? It's a, sh- it's a snowflake shaped thing. Okay. Necklace. Right. I know I got that. You know, when you, okay. You know, when you have, you know, a a lady on the side uh, type scenario. Yes. And you have to get her a gift in the holiday season. Otherwise she Mm -hmm. gets angry. Right. And, you know, you want to get her a a little, a little something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mistress Blondina, (laughs) you know, wants you to give it to her in a specific way. My hands and knees. You have to lick her shoe and ask for permission to give her a gift. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she's got that stupid riding crop. Mm-hmm. I'm a naughty boy, Jack. I got it. And she tells me as much. I bet she does. I bet I'm a bad I... man. I'm a naughty boy. Yeah. And don't I deserve a spanking? You do. Yes, ma'am, you... I do. Yes, ma'am, you do. Leave the money on the counter. Don't hand it to me. <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute hold on hold on. okay that's not a mistress J- just so you know just because i feel like sometimes you get these terms confused in your head that's a, a some sort of bdsm prostitute no kidding okay <laughs> yeah so when it's transactional mm-hmm. it's prostitution yeah you don't need to give her a gift the 
That's definitely not something you need to do. Okay. Because see, that's the thing. It makes it easier to have a mistress when it's transactional. I'll be honest. Yeah. Because I have tried, you know, I walk around the bars, my 50 something self, uh, you know, trying to pick up the ladies and I have mm-hmm. a terrible time of it, Jack. It's like they look through you. Yeah, absolutely. So when, when you go into the bar, what's uh, like, so how, how does, how does 50 something year old Brian Sack uh, uh, woo the ladies in a bar in, in modern times? I'm so interested to hear this. Well, I walk into the bar and I take my place at the bar and I look across and let's say I see a very attractive a woman, maybe Korean. Oh, okay, great. And so I, I buy her a shot. Mm-hmm. I got her a brain tumor, Jack. It's a cream liqueur with a splash of grenadine. Okay, in, great. Inside a Sambuca. It looks like a tumor. <laughs> okay. Some people Fine. call it an abortion. Okay, let's not do that. And the bartender goes right over and hands it to her and then points to me. Mm-hmm. And I smile. And then she looks at the brain tumor shot that I bought her, Jack. Yep. And then she leaves the bar. (laughs) She just, she just left for the evening. Apparently she did not want a 50 something guy buying her a shot called a brain tumor. Okay. So I tried my luck again. A a very attractive young woman approached the bar is the other end of the bar. Okay. I'm, I don't know. Maybe she was Hispanic. I can't tell in the dark. Okay. And I buy her an Irish car bomb. <laughs> okay. And the bartender walks over and hands it to her. And she just kind of, and he points at me. <laughs> and I nod and smile. Uh-huh. You nod and, she and walks smile. Out of, yeah, and she walks out of the bar, Jack. Oh, my gosh. Okay, uh, so uh, anything else? Because I mean, yes, oh, <laughs> what what else? Another woman approaches the bar. She's a blonde, mm-hmm. and I think real. Okay, not not a bottle blonde. Okay, very cool. attractive, very mm-hmm. thin. Great, I love and it. So I tell the bartender to buy her a cocktail. Okay, and he puts the cocktail down in front of her, and he points to me, and he says, "That's from him." And she mm-hmm. says, "What is it?" And he goes, it's called a get the hell out of here. (laughs) Okay. And she leaves. Hmm. And that's all I'll tell you, Jack. That's why you shouldn't name your drink that. Yeah, that was a, that's a mistake. I feel like that's more on the bartender that normally I like to blame you for things, but that feels like that one's on the bartender. Well, I, you know, it's my recipe. I gave it to him. (laughs) You gave him a recipe? For the drink. I named it myself. Mm Mm-hmm. I've made a connection between the cocktails I have made for ladies mm-hmm. and their actions. Yep. Okay. The I'm a going to kill you, <laughs> which is vodka and rum with some Coca-Cola and uh, simple syrup. <laughs> uh-huh. the, uh, a predator made this, <laughs> which is maraschino liqueur. <laughs> avocados <laughs> and bran <laughs> just bran it's very good for your colon oh good <laughs> That's, and do you tell the ladies that I do if they stick around <laughs> 
or if I'm on the other end of the bar, I'll just gesture. Oh, that's just, nice. I'll point and then just kind of do that. You know, that international sign for I have a clean colon. <laughs> I'll do that. I, you know, I do I don't know. You know what? I don't know that. I'm not uh, as international. I'm not as world. Uh, I'm not a world uh, traveler as you are. What's that sign look like? Can you describe what that sign is? You kind of, you stick your hand down the back of your pants and then you pull it out front and then you just kind of make a rose with your fingers and then you point to it with your other hand and smile. It means I have a clean colon. <laughs> and and you're trying to... <laughs> To let her know that you're giving her the gift of a clean colon as well. That's what I was hoping to convey. She seems to have taken it differently because she gra- gathered her pocketbook and jacket and stormed out of the, the bar. That's why I have much better luck when it's transactional, Jack. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Quickly, upon reflection, uh, is there, how do you think she took that symbol? I think... She thought that I was saying my bum smells like a rose. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's not the worst selling point as a no, man, I guess. That's it's I have it tattooed in my forearm. <laughs> All right. So you've, so you've, okay. The, the drink. So, so you've cleared out the bar area, but there's still, there's still, <laughs> we're, we're going to keep going on this. There's, so what, because and I know you because you're not the type to give up and I know that's why you keep it transactional but I know there are other ways that you really let ladies know that you're interested in being with them and so in a bar restaurant type area you've cleared the actual bar area out but then there are like the tables and and other seating area where where people are mingling about Uh, you know what what sort of you know different modern ways does again does does 50 something year old Brian Sack uh, uh, try and, and win a lady well, I have a t-shirt that I had made years ago, custom. Oh, oh brilliant. It says, I want to be with you. <laughs> and I always wear that when I go out, <laughs> but it's buttoned over. Okay. But if I see a girl I like, mm-hmm. I will approach the table. First of all, I'll ask my wife to go sit in the car Then I will approach <laughs> the table and I'll stand there and I won't say a word. I'll just look at them. <laughs> and then cock my head on the side and then slowly unbutton my buttons. Nice. And then when I get down to the final button, I whip open my shirt. And yeah. there's the message. There's my message. Yep. Yeah. With, I want to be with you. I want to be with you. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so on, on this occasion, uh, what, how did it, did it work? Uh, a guy next to her just stood up. And he did some kind of weird uh, martial arts gesture. Uh-huh. So I gathered my pocketbook and my jacket and I got the hell out of there. Okay. Well. And the worst uh, and part, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to button up my shirt. Oh, no. So, yeah. So now I have a homeless friend named Billy. <laughs> Thinks I want to and- be with him. <laughs> Wait, did you have to, <laughs> did you have to be like, be with him? Define be with somebody. Um, you know, in that way that married couples do on Valentine's day. When you leave the $200 on the counter. Yeah, that way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, Brian. <laughs> 
Hi, Jack. I'm Hi. sorry I derailed you. No. No, that's... <laughs> so that's what we wound up talking... I wanted to talk about education. <laughs> sure. I love education. I know you do. Oh, my gosh. That was um, an unexpected detour. I love it. <clears throat> so, Brian. Yes, I'm, Jack. I'm, yes, there you go. You got to respond. There we go. Yep. Thank you. So, um, I, I know one of you, we've talked about this in the podcast before, but I, I know one of your your biggest personal issues right now with in any sort of um, things in the public sphere is the state of education and um, the indoctrination of children, CRT, DEI, um, and, and all of that stuff. Would you say that is one of your uh, biggest, um, uh, most passionate uh, subjects? It is something I'm very concerned about. Yeah. Yes. Right now, our school district has spent like the last two years just and and a, a fortune, a, a pile of money, just trying to, to DEI everything. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's all about DEI, DEI, uh, quality of outcome. I mean, they're literally saying they said that phrase in one of their um, presentations about the the things they are looking for. Um, and I have been one of the parents who has been standing up in my community, sort of saying, "Stop! This is problematic." Right. Across the spectrum, people hate this stuff. It's yep. it's just so vile. And and I, I've really sort of targeted why I hate it so much. And that is the equity portion, because uh, the equity means that everyone must be the same. Um, and you're seeing how that damages students and damages society with things like uh, uh, New York City, California, other states, other districts have taken out um, uh, accelerated learning and yep. um uh, the gifted and talented programs, gifted and, and talented stuff, programs. Yeah. Exactly right. Which, because you can't, ha- if you have, they're, they're literally saying that you can't have the, the kids aren't gifted, that all kids are the same. Right. And so they don't want to say that certain kids are gifted at certain things, which is just absurd. Some kids from the get go from birth, having nothing to do with ethnicity or, or any sort of origin, any sort of identity. Right. They just have a, a natural talent for any could be from soccer to reading mm-hmm. to ma- they just like they have these special talents that they're just born with. Yep. And it it saddens me to see these these talents just sort of squashed down. Yeah, I'd be pissed and to too. see these programs removed. Um. So now the soapbox over and sort of explaining over, I, you know, I, I I know you're sort of on the on the forefront um of a lot of, uh, of the stuff that's going on. You're, you're, you know, quite the expert in this. And I was wondering if you could talk about um, the different ways in which schools are planning to make things more equitable. Would you mind sort of going through that with for us? Yeah, sure. So schools talk about closing the gap between mm. the, the highest achievers and the lowest achievers. And instead of just saying, you know, let's just help every educate everyone more. And hopefully the low people will rise and the high people will rise too. We just want to keep going up and up and up. That's not how they see it. So how, how are they planning to close the gap? What are they planning to do? Well, I mean, one thing to focus on is times tables. Okay. And what they're doing is we're going to just go down to one times table. Mm-hmm. It's the time zero table. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it is super easy for mm-hmm. everyone to master. Okay. Uh, because the answer, uh, anything times zero is zero. Zero. See, you know, with a little work, you would get there. <laughs> so 12,264 times zero. 12,604. No, it's zero. Anything times oh, zero sorry. is zero. And right. that's the thing. So we're going to, so in the interest of equity, 
uh, we're going to make sure everybody knows that anything times zero is zero. And mm -hmm. you could be the dumbest person on the planet. Okay. But at some point, you will comprehend that anything times zero is zero. And that way, well, we've all mastered the zero times table. Zero. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, oh, well, that, well, that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Uh, uh, what, what other ways are they planning to, uh, so, okay. So they're changing the curriculum. What other ways are they going to sort of, um, you know, I don't want to say sabotage, but what other ways are they going to sort of, um, tinker with the education of, of the higher achievers to help bring them down to the medium? You know, cause well, we, we want to be right in the median, right? Where everything is, where we're all the, the exact same. So we've not only do we have to raise people up, but we need to lower people down. Well, one, one method is, uh, it's called big words, uh, lower points. <laughs> so big, you use a big word mm -hmm. like a rap scallion. Yeah. That's six points off your score. <laughs> All right. You're starting at a hundred. Okay. You want to use rap scallion? Mm -hmm. You're going to lose six points. You're already at 94. Keep it up, punk. Okay. So instead you should be saying, you know, instead of, um, you know, uh, uh, Huckleberry Finn was a bit of a rapscallion. Maybe you yeah. say in your report instead, instead you need to say something like, um, Huckleberry Finn was a bit of a, a turd. Yep. There you go. Okay. One syllable is ideal. Okay. Two is tolerated. Three eyebrow raise. Mm -hmm. Four. No, no, no. <laughs> and five. Get out of here. <laughs> well, you'll be expelled from school. Yeah. That's called school justice. <laughs> okay. Okay, I that okay, that makes sense. Okay, so we're really going to sort of um de-incentivize uh, big words. Yeah, 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 I wouldn't even say de-incentivize now cuz I feel like I should dock you <laughs> multiple points. That we're going to make bad big words? Yes, there you go. See you're learning. And that's what this is all about. This is education. Education is learning. You now understand. I have learned you. Good. Good, good, good. This is uh this feel good on brain. Yeah. See? Okay. This is great. I love it. Um, some uh, California schools I have uh, just read are removing D's and F's yeah. from report cards where um, you just, you basically, you can't fail classes because they feel that um, it makes, uh, it, it makes kids sort of feel sad or uh, hurts their confidence if they get D's or F's. So instead of improving their education they're just going to get rid of the d's and f's that is true yeah well that I mean, is that's, true google that that is true yeah so which obviously a genius move that's definitely the way to fix things um you know what other sort of uh what other sort of ways are they tinkering with the grading system ideally we'll be switching away from the letter grade system okay uh to more of kind of like a, an animal mascot You know, because it's, it's different, you know, when you get an eagle mm -hmm. or a raccoon <laughs> or um, a pit bull or a sloth, you know, it, mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't necessarily hurt you. Right. You know, come home to your mom, mom, I got two eagles and a sloth. <laughs> and that sounds great, doesn't it? I, I guess you could probably get into Harvard with that. I yeah. guess. And the school, I mean, you know, colleges are going to start looking for animal mascot grades. Okay. You know, you might get into a, an eagle or sloth college. You might get into an elephant college. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it, it's a much better system of grading. It, it doesn't, it doesn't, there's no hierarchy. Right. 
You know, it's just, it's just an animal. Yeah. Oh, I got a, I got a lion in the history test. Right. And a capuchin monkey on my uh, <laughs> geography. Seems like there are a lot of animal mascots. There's so many. <laughs> and they, you know, and so they're, and they're, that way, you know, nobody knows the value of a grade. That's great. So you'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm dating this girl. Uh, she gets a lot of chickadees. <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's that way. I don't know. So am I saying, is she an idiot or is she a genius? We don't know. That's great. And we'll never we know. To. Good. That's right. And that's as, great. As somebody who, you know, it's, has two kids who are getting um, a worm <laughs> in uh, math. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel good about this. ABC, you know, there's, there's a legacy there, a legacy of hate. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't know the legacy personally, but I, I assume it's there. I've been told it's there. W- one more question for you. Uh, yeah. Along these lines. Um, sure. If you take something like the scripts, uh, national spelling bee, like that's, that's yeah. the, the big thing there's, there's, uh, been, uh, I was going to say inordinate, but instead I'll say super big, a lot number mm-hmm. of, right. Cause I've learned, uh, yeah. of, uh, of Indian Americans, Indian Very Americans good. have dominated that, uh, competition, uh, for years. Uh, so in what ways are we going to help, uh, the under, uh, represented communities of, uh, blacks, Latinos, and whites to compete uh, because it's not fair that these communities are doing better. No, it's not fair at all. It's not equity. No. Uh, you know, Indians have traditionally hogged uh, the spelling bees. Yeah. Through all their hard work and, you know, their, their culture of, of working hard to achieve things. Yeah. The studiousness is a little bit of a little annoying to mm-hmm. some of us. You mean study goodness? Yeah. The study mm-hmm. good, you know, Studious. I don't even want to say philosophy, Jack, because that's going to cost me three points. That's right. So, so, so how are we going to fix things like the, the, the spelling bee? Because it's so inequitable to always have um, the best spellers win. Well, I mean, it's kind of like what we're doing with Asians at Harvard. You just stop letting them come in. That's great. So a a guy named, uh, you know, Boopender, you know, shows up and says, I'd like to enter this spelling bee. You say, I'm sorry, dude, it's closed. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of <laughs> cock your head and you just, and then you stop talking. Mm-hmm. You don't want to say anything more because it's incriminating because it obviously it's blatant discrimination. So you do what Harvard does. Oh, which is what? Say nothing. <laughs> right. And then you send that dude on his way. He can go okay, spell cool. elsewhere. Good. Have a, lot, have a lot of fun spelling sesquipedillion, dick. <laughs> And so now obviously it's not going to be a foolproof system. So for the Indians who actually make it into the spelling bee, you know, how can we make the actual competition uh, more equitable? One way is when the moderator turns to them, he just switches into a different language. (laughs) Okay. Brendan, uh, would you spell uh, surplus for us? Mm -hmm. Okay. Great job, Brendan. And then he turns boopender. And then, of course, Boopinder's eyes kind of glaze over and he looks around and he makes eye contact with his mom in the audience. And she just she just shakes her head and gets her purse and her jacket <laughs> and leaves. Jack. Brian. I have a friend. His name is Brad. Yeah. Okay. I know Brad. He's, he's a director. Mm-hmm. 
directs movies, did The Machinist many years ago. That's a great film. Yeah. Dark, creepy. Yeah, very dark. And, and this is a real friend of yours. Brad exists. He directs movies, uh, television yeah. shows. He turned down Game of Thrones famously. He turned down Game of Thrones. And I like to remind him of that. <laughs> I bet you do. Over, over a cocktail. Yep. So anyway, uh, he knows that you have incredible talent somewhere within. He he says you're one of the more, un, you are the, the most undiscovered talent in this country. <laughs> and he's, uh, as you know, he's tried desperately to get you a role. He's very yep. strict about auditioning. That's one of the things I really like about him. He's got a, a strict process. You, you get mm -hmm. the scripts, they're cold. You don't get to read them first. You just right. dive right into that character. And, and of course, if, if you can't maintain composure, Mm -hmm. Um, then, you know, that, that costs you the role. That's all, that's all there is to it. Brad is strict. I know. Hey, uh, you know, uh, actors have their methods and directors have their methods. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna criticize him, especially when I'm trying to get into his movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so let's yeah. see. He's got a, he's got a script for you. He thinks you'd be great for going to okay, send you the script right now. Okay. Just send it your way. All now right. this, this script is for a new movie. Uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, by Jesse Smollett. <laughs> and he, he's writing and producing this film. It's a film adaptation of his life story. And, and Brad's directing it because he needs the money. His, his cat needs a hip operation. So it's not, a, it's not a thing he would normally take, but he, he's going to do it. Uh, Jesse is the writer and the, the producer, but Brad is the director. And he okay. sees you in the main role of racist yeah. Jim. <laughs> Come on, man. We're I, off to a bad start already. If you're start i this is the worst it's ever been where i've laughed twice now at the setup okay well uh setup's <laughs> over right. we're getting into the audition did you get the script all right let's go yeah i got right. it i just opened i've not read it exterior chicago street 2 a.m jesse smollett looks very dapper in his very expensive and nice clothes he's carrying a bag from subway and he is handsome he is approached by racist jim a burly white guy wearing levi's and a carhartt jacket he wears a make america great again hat and loves fascism are you jesse smollett the excellent actor from the fantastic tv show empire oh i yes i am yeah that's what i thought I'm pleased to make your acquaintance at this weird hour and these incredibly cold temperatures. Oh, yeah? I wouldn't be so sure of that. Well, I'm very generous. Would you like some of my Subway sandwich or perhaps an autograph? Autograph? More like a punch-your-face graph. MAGA! Racist Jim hits Jesse in his very handsome face. Ow, why are you attacking me? Because I hate gay black guys who are on TV. Oh, no, I need to warn Don Lemon. He's next, but right now it's your time to get hate crimed. <laughs> Racist Jim hits Jesse again and his swastika ring leaves an indentation on Jesse's handsome forehead, which is reminiscent of Charles Manson. Oh, please don't hit me. Ow, help, help, police. Unfortunately for you, the police are racist. Black Lives Matter even said so, despite the fact that the police chief and his deputy are black. Oh no, I'm completely innocent and at your mercy. I love hate crimes. Also, you should know I'm unvaccinated. <coughs> oh, my goodness. Now I'm at risk of contracting COVID-19 and getting beaten up. Please stop. I'm just an excellent actor who did you no harm. I don't care because I'm a systemic racist. By the way, my favorite president, Donald Trump, says hello. Also, I like Woodrow Wilson. Eat this. Racist Jim hits Jesse on the head with an aluminum lunchbox. Please stop. I beg of you. I just want to be left alone to share my tremendous acting talents with the world. 
Racist Jim removes a noose from his lunchbox, which he calls a lynchbox because he's super racist and he voted for Trump. I'm going to put this around your neck because it's very symbolic and it's totally a thing that racists do. Please, no. I'll have you know, I have a pickup truck with a gun rack. Why do you hate me so? Because I'm judging you by the color of your skin and not the content of your character. Also, I love barbecue and country music. Jesse cries because he is a caring soul and not a narcissistic sociopath. (laughs) Please, mister, just leave me alone. Also, here's some bleach in your face because that's symbolic too. When I do real hate crimes that aren't fake at all, I really go all in with symbolism. MAGA! I hope to one day triumph over your hate by winning an Oscar. I'm going to find out where you live and gerrymander your district. Ooh, yeah. That's that's you know what? That's worst of all. That's pretty bad. Oh, gerrymandering. Man. That's that's rough. Well, I guess you uh, didn't get that one. You know, it, it, I feel like, you know, Jesse's writing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like, you know, a racist wouldn't uh, say right now it's your time to get hate crimed. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you've never been there. You don't know what it's like. You you don't live Jesse's life. That's his lived experience. I'm hate crimed all the time. There's uh, people don't like uh, body types that look like pears uh, and they don't like white people. So I'm two for two. And how can you blame them? I just sent you script number two. <laughs> what? It's a new movie. Okay. A new movie. Now it's oh, a, for a, one. Yeah. Now this movie is called most trusted name. So Netflix okay. is making it and it's a all drama right. about life behind the scenes at CNN. Mm. And uh, Brad thinks that you'd be right for the role of Michael Bass, the executive vice president of programming at the network. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think you're, you'd be perfect. Okay, um, I'm, I'm ready to go. I just opened it. I, of course, have not read it. Fingers crossed. Interior conference room at CNN headquarters, New York. Morning. Several CNN personalities are seated around a conference table covered with coffee and pastries. They are listening to Jeffrey Zucker, chairman of Warner Media. Suddenly, Michael Bass comes running into the room excited. We did it. We did it. Bass throws a report with charts on the conference table. Take a look at that. I'm looking, but the graph isn't showing me an increase in ratings. No, not that graph. This graph seems to indicate a decline in trust in the network, which is bad because our tagline is the most trusted name in news. Yeah, no, no, not that one either. It's underneath the graph that says 28% of viewers think Wolf Blitzer is one of Santa's reindeer. Oh, I see now. Wow, we did do it. That's right. We've hired more degenerate sex pests than any other network in history. Woo! Even Fox? Please. O'Reilly and Ailes are child's play compared to what we've got going on. Predatory gays, predatory straights, Zoom conference masturbators, and now a mommy-daughter diddler? Are you kidding me? We're untouchable. Man, I've been praying we'd be number one in something again. Well, your prayers have been answered. CNN has more degenerate sex pests than any other network combined. Hey, look, Tubin, he's so excited he's rubbing out. <laughs> hey, look, Tubin, he's so excited he's rubbing one out right there. You go, Jeffrey. Don't mind me. <laughs> Keep it under the table, though. We have a lot of pastries. Got it, boss. <laughs> if Cuomo's producer Griffin is guilty on three pedo counts, the other networks are toast. It would take Brett Bayer mounting a goat on primetime to come even slightly closer. Well, where is Griffin anyway? He deserves a high five. He called and said he might be 30 years late. <laughs> we can only hope. Yeah, isn't Fareed Zakaria a degenerate sex pest? No, no, he's just a plagiarist. Oh, right. Forgot. Listen, even though we're miles ahead of the other networks, I feel like we need to really ramp things up. 
I know. I, I tried to get Anderson to get caught in some bushes near a rest stop, but he's too straight laced. Cares about his image too much. Can you relate to that, Tubin? Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, I need to put the pressure on Sanjay Gupta. I'm really close to convincing him to fondle coma patients. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> <laughs> There is, a, unlike the previous script, there is a realism to this one that I, I, this feels like newsroom talk at CNN. So I, yeah. I feel like this is much better uh, written. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, it's a shame you didn't get it. Did you start to say thanks? No, I said I was sending you the third script. Uh, okay. We should probably I don't know play what you're alleging. I don't, I don't think that, mm, all right, nothing. Never mind. Yeah. It's not a thing. Uh, so this one, Jack is called Mad Men 2021. Brad's directing it. Uh, it's the oh. new reboot of Mad Men, which is set in 2021. And instead of Madison <laughs> Avenue, the show mm -hmm. takes place in a Starbucks in Bethesda because everyone's <laughs> telecommuting and there are no more offices on Madison Avenue anymore. Isn't that funny how we improvise the first 40 minutes of the show and bring up Madison Avenue. This yes. happens so much with our script. And then all of a sudden we're doing a Madison Avenue bit and a written piece. And what's weird is you're the one who brought up Madison Avenue, not me. I know. That's cool. That's crazy. Um, uh, okay. I'm ready. I have not read right. this. All right. Interior Starbucks in Bethesda day. Uh, Brett and John are seated at their laptops. You'd be playing John. Okay, man. I sure wish grandpa Don was here to see how the advertising world has changed. Who would have thought that the ad agency would consist of you and me and a Bethesda Starbucks? Crazy, right? <laughs> Not to mention the idea of smoking cigarettes indoors. <laughs> Sheesh. Imagine his surprise if he tried lighting up a Marlboro in a Bethesda Starbucks. Tell me about it. And when you touch a gal's bum these days, they don't love it anymore like they did in Grandpa Don's day, even at a Bethesda Starbucks. No, they sure do not. And if he saw us drinking soy lattes in a Bethesda Starbucks instead of whiskey... He'd say we weren't real men. Yeah, it's just crazy the way things were back then. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's get to work. The Ford Taurus campaign. What you got for ideas? Okay. You see the Ford Taurus driving down a curvy mountain road. The camera pans over the Ford logo, then pulls back to reveal the car slowing down. It's going to park at an overlook with an absolutely gorgeous view of the valley below. Like, breathtaking. The car door opens up and out steps a very pretty young mixed race woman with a lot of hair. I like it. I like it a lot. What are you thinking? Montana? Montana. Exactly. Great. Okay. Well, that's solid. Uh, one down. What about uh, the Century 21 real estate uh, commercial? What do you got? Sure. 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 Camera is airborne. Okay. It's on a drone. It's flying over a nice neighborhood. Then slowly starts to descend right in front of a new home. Love it. There's a for sale sign in the yard. Car pulls up to the curb and out steps a very pretty young mixed race woman with a lot of hair. Okay. She removes the for sale sign and replaces it with a sold sign. Then she takes the keys out of her purse. Okay. Okay. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Big smile on her face. She turns and then hands them over to her client. Love. A very pretty. Sure. Young. Mm-hmm. Mixed race. Yeah. Woman. Okay. With a lot of hair. Wow. I like it. I like it. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks. That's killer. Great. Well, two down. The workday is two-thirds over, if you can believe it. Well Oof. done. Thanks. Okay, last one. CCM company. <laughs> yeah, hockey equipment. Hockey equipment. So, you see the hockey stick smash the puck, and the camera follows the puck. Sure, awesome shot. Yeah, and you see the goalie in all the CCM gear dive for the puck, but it goes in and it wins the game. Okay. Camera then turns away from the puck and head towards the player who had hit the winning goal. Uh -huh. Zooms right up to them real fast and goes into their teeth. So you only see the teeth. Okay. 
and you can tell it, it's just a big smile big big smile just won the game the camera pulls back and we see a guy smiling then he looks over to his girlfriend a young very pretty mixed race woman with a lot of hair and Crispin Glover <laughs> oh shucks <laughs> Damn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you almost that's, had that's that's strange dialogue. It is. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> yeah. I I didn't write this. Yeah. No. Of course. Of course you didn't. Um. It feels like this is sort of um. Like an in-depth sort of a think piece on how uh, every actress in a commercial is a, a mixed race uh, black girl. That's weird, right? Did I get that right? Did I did I get the sub the the really subtle subtext? I do this? notice that a lot in commercials. Really, yeah, yeah. You see yeah. that? Yeah. Well, Brian, um, did I get? Did I forget? Did I get that? I feel like I got that one right. You didn't. You didn't. Okay. You know, but but you were close. And I, I, I felt, I felt like, I feel like we're making progress. I feel like you're going to be able to do this soon. Okay. Uh, that I'm maybe the glad. next time a script comes around, you're going to nail it. And Brad's going to say, you know, Jack, pack your bags and head out to Los Angeles. Cool. And then I'm, come I'm, back to New York because I'm based in New York. <laughs> You'll shoot something around here. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm based in New York as well. Well, Brian, um, you know, uh, this, this brings to a close another episode of questionable material. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, thank you for, um, really bringing it today. Thank you, Jack, for bringing it today too. Awesome. Thank, thank, I'm glad you stopped improvising a, f- a few seconds ago. That's, I'm glad you saved all the entertainment for the other part of the show. I Thanks. don't, I ran out of it. <laughs> Review us and all that. Good, good. Original. Plus, tell a friend review us and all that plus oh nice the plus could mean anything that's so there you go improv <laughs> bye yes and <laughs> that was questionable material with jack and brian subscribe on any podcast platform watch our clips on youtube visit us at qmpodcast.com 